You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Well, hi, church. Welcome today. So good to have you out with us. Uh, wherever you're joining us in from, if you are in our Whangarei campus watching a watch party from someone's house with your small group, welcome to you guys and all of our other campuses still loving level three in Auckland and anyone else joining us from around the country, around the world. We're so stoked to have you with us and pray you have an absolutely awesome time with us in church today. And uh, I want to start a brand new series today. It's called The God I Thought I Knew. See, we all grow up with a concept or an understanding or we form an idea as we grow about God and about who He is and what He's like. And maybe this for you was formed in church. Maybe it was formed uh, through kids' church or Sunday school or maybe things that people have told you about God or maybe for you, your idea or your concept about God is formed through just life outside faith and your life experiences. And what I've come to discover as a pastor but also as a Christian on my own journey is that often these ideas of God and the God we think we know is often only half the picture of who God is. It can almost be like not quite the whole story. And we can come to a point in our lives and the God we thought we knew is no longer operating in our lives like we thought he should based on the God we thought we knew. Like, wasn't he supposed to be like this? And But this is happening in my life. And so this whole series is gonna take us on a journey to hopefully understand and discover a greater truth and a greater level of understanding of who God is and how he works in our life. And my goal with this series is to strengthen your faith. It's to build your faith. It's to deepen your knowledge, your understanding, but more than that, your relationship with the Lord. And I pray this does this. And in these crazy times right now in the, a world of uncertainty and a world of just all manner of things going on with COVID and restrictions and lockdowns, uh, the greatest thing we can do is build a strong foundation in the Lord. And this is what the series is all about. Hopefully, you'll come through this with a better, deeper, richer, more full understanding of who God is and how He works in your life. And I want to take us today to a passage of Scripture in 1 Peter chapter 1. It's going to come up on your notes there uh, on the screen. You can open up the Elam Christian Center app and find it there. And I'll read it for you too. It says this, 1 Peter chapter 1 in verse number 3. It says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith, get this, are shielded, protected, shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have, to, have had to suffer grief of all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. I've called this message, the God I thought I knew, my protector. 
And this week just gone, this week just gone, was supposed to be our national conference week. We were supposed to be gathering as a movement from Elam churches from all around our nation coming, and we were hosting them as a, as a church. We were actually hosting them, supposed to be at our Botany location, our Botany campus. And uh, it's a great time, man. We love conference. It's our honor and our joy to host our movement. We want to be a, such a blessing to our movement. And uh, we love it. It's such a good time. We have, we have pa- pastors from all around New Zealand come. We have guest speakers from around New Zealand and overseas come and invest into our church and into our movement. It's a time we honor and celebrate new pastors who are, who are graduating into being fully credentialed ministers of the gospel under Elam and Zed. And it's, a, it's an awesome time. And uh, as a part of our conference, not only do we have pastors and leaders and our church members and stuff, but we also have around five to 600 teenagers that show up to conference every year. And it's an absolute riot. It's an awesome time. And we love them very much. But conference, the, what you got to know about conference is that many of you guys serve in different areas in conference. There's so many different places that you serve, and we thank you so much for doing that. Uh, you've got the year off, but hopefully we'll be back next year. But there is a secret team that you may not know about that serves at conference, and they are known as our protectors, or also known as our human shields. See, when the youth come into the main sessions in an evening session at conference, they are full of exuberance, they are full of zeal, they're full of passion, they, they want to praise God. Um, and when the worship and the praise starts, teenagers are like, the best place for me to worship God is going to be down the front. I want to come down the front. There's room. I can cut loose a little bit. And I hope you've been cutting loose in your living room because there's plenty of room for you to get loose praising God. But they, they come down the front. They love it. They want to jump around. They want to listen. And we should never stop young people from coming and praising God. There are far worse things that young people could be doing than jumping around and getting crazy for Jesus. We don't want to ever squash their zeal and the exuberance, and uh, we want to always encourage that. But this is a good thing. Like them coming down to praise and worship God, it's a good thing. But keep in mind that these are uncoordinated, pubescent, smelly, sweaty, teenagers who have been at conference for a number of days now and most likely have not washed, have not showered, and they are now jumping around the front. Their their prefrontal lobe is not fully developed, so their decision-making isn't great. Their awareness of what's around them isn't great. Their understanding of consequence isn't great. And so when they come down the front and they start going crazy, what you have to understand is that on the front row of our conference is our guest speakers, our honored guests, pastors from our national leadership team, uh, retired pastors, they're on the front because they got to get up and speak and do stuff on stage. And, and when the teenagers come up, this could get wild. You know, like the last thing we want is, is, is a stray elbow hitting the guest preacher. We, the last thing we want is poor old Pastor Marilyn's foot being stomped on by some teenager who just cannot keep themselves together. And, and, and listen, what happens when that starts is the, the special team gets up, the secret team, the protectors. And what they do is they, as soon as those teenagers come up, they come up and they form like a human shield in front of our guest speakers and our pastors. And we want to look after them. We don't want to get squashed or anything like that. But we also don't want to like kill off the young people and say, hey, look, you can't jump around. 
So they, 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 it's a protective shield. So when young people, they're, they're just like gently pushing them back. No, like I'm, I'm here, I'm looking after. They're taking the hurts, they're taking the knocks. Because like I said, the last thing we want is our guest preacher to get up on stage with blood pouring out of their nose, trying to preach the word of God because some teenager whose voice is still breaking broke their nose and now they're in serious trouble because this young person got lost up in, in, in the moment. There's a protector. A shield, they're, they're, they're the barrier between someone and, and something else potentially going wrong. And often we can have a view of God like this, that, that God is our protector, isn't he? God is our protector. He, he steps in and he protects us from bad stuff. If God was gonna have a job, if God was gonna do something in this world, shouldn't he be and wouldn't he be our protector? And, and we talk about God as our protector a lot, we do it to our children. Like I've said it to my kids. I'm like, kids, don't worry, buddy, don't worry. You're having a bad dream, whatever. Don't worry, God will protect you. God will look after you. God won't let anything bad happen. It's, it's gonna be okay. God is gonna look after us. And maybe you've said that to your kids as well. Or we say it to friends or to family who are going through difficulty. We say, don't worry, it's okay. God's gonna protect you. God's gonna look after you. God won't let anything bad happen to you. And listen, it, to a degree, this is very true. The Bible teaches us, write this down if you want to. This is the title of my message, but it's also our first point. God is our protector. It's so true. The Bible teaches us as Psalm 18, verse number two, the Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. God is our protector, our shield, our stronghold. He is the horn of our salvation. Psalm 23, I love this psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The Lord is a protector God. He is our shepherd that walks with us, and He has a rod and He has a staff, and He is knocking away anything. He is keeping us safe by His mighty hand. He is a protector and as we read in the passage in 1 Peter, it tells us that we are, as believers, we are shielded by God's power. Wow. Wow. In the season right now that you're in, I want to remind you, church, that God is your shield, that God is shielding you with His power. The divine hand of God is at work in your life right now to shield you and protect you. That's good news. Right now with all that's going on, you gotta know God is your protector. I remember many years ago, this is when I was still a teenager. I was about maybe 16, 17 years old. And I was on a, a, a real journey to discover spirituality. Like I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know anything about God, but I was really hungry to find answers to the stuff that was going on inside of me. And I really had this belief that there was something spiritual out there that I needed to discover. And um, I was on a, a, a big journey, uh, but this was before I came to Christ, before I became a Christian. It was just part of my, I guess, journey coming to Him. And at this stage in my life, I found myself with a group of people who were engaging in 
uh, a, what I would call it a spiritual practice or a spiritual experience. And um, I found, I kind of found myself in that environment and in that moment, and I was kind of intrigued by it. I was kind of like, my mind was a little bit like, wow, what is going on here? Um, But it's what I know now as I've gone on a journey of faith and learned about God and His Word and His truth. It's what I would know now as what would be called a demonic experience. Like it's not of God and not something that you want to be getting into or doing um, you see, the Bible tells us, listen, if you, if you don't believe in the spiritual realm and spiritual uh, things going on, the Bible teaches us that this fight we fight is not a fight of flesh and blood. It's, about, it's against principalities and powers in an unseen realm. There is a spiritual dimension. There's a spiritual dynamic at play around us all the time. And the fight we fight is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's not against the, it's about principalities and powers in the unseen realm realm. It's, it's going on around you. And, and I want to encourage you, like if you come from a, a background that is spirituality different to God, get dig into God. He is true. He is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. But I found myself in this moment and I was, like, I was really intrigued by it. So I started to engage. And when I began to engage with the experience and with the moment and what was happening, it was almost as if as soon as I leaned into that, a wall went up and the whole experience, the whole thing that was going on just shut down completely. It just completely stopped. And like a wall went up, like I could go no further. And I, and I felt like really like I just didn't want to be there anymore. I needed to leave. I needed to go. I was interested. I was intrigued. But I was like, no, I've got to get out of here. And it all kind of stopped anyway as soon as I started going into it. And so I left and I was kind of a little bit confused, but also a little bit frustrated because like, man, I want to see the spiritual thing. I want to see the spiritual experience. I want to, I want to like dig into that. And it wasn't until about 12 months later when I actually came to faith in Christ, when I came to church and met God and God just blew my mind at His reality and His goodness. And as I went on a journey, I was reminded, I remembered that experience and what had happened and why this kind of wall just went up and everything got shut down and nothing happened. And in that moment, as I thought about that, I really felt the, the voice of God just speak to my heart so clearly. And God said, Steve, I was protecting you in that moment. Like you wanted to engage in something that was not of God. I have a call on your life. I, was, I, had a, I have a plan for you. I was leading you to me. And it was like the divine hand of God just st- stepped in, shut it down and didn't allow me to open myself up to something that was not of God and not right. Praise God for the protective hand of God, for the divine shield of God, for God's protective power. And I believe that most of the time, God's protective hand is unseen and unnoticed. And it won't be until as you go on a journey with God, there'll be times when you look back on your life and you realize that the the powerful protective hand of God was at work protecting you throughout your journey. And I wanna encourage you today, to remember this, and and this is the heart of this message, is to encourage you and stir you up and build a foundation for you that you know that God is your protector. He is your shield, He is your protector, He is your fortress, He is your strong tower. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever like misunderstand this. God is a protector God. He is the shield of your life. And I want you to ask yourself a question. I want you to ask this question, and I pray this helps you to go a layer deeper with what God is doing in your life and what He wants to do in your life. The question is this. 
When I look back on my life, where do I see the protector at work? When I look back on my life, when I look back on my story, where do I see the protector at work? And maybe even take that to God as a prayer this afternoon or today over the next couple of days. Say, God, would you show me the moments through my life where you were performing your protective work for me and on my behalf to bring me to the place that I am? What I love about this passage in 1 Peter um, is that it teaches us that to view God as only our protector is not the full picture. Like God is our protector, don't get me wrong. But to view him as only protector is not the full story. Let's read on and go back into that passage. It says this, that we are shielded by God's power. Then it goes forward and says this, though now for a little while you may have, to, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Wait, what? God is our shield. God is protecting us. Though now you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. It says, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold that perishes even though refined by fire may result in praise, glory, honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. I wanna make this clear, friends. To view God as only your protector will make you ripe for a crisis of faith. Because if you only view God as your protector, like he's the God that stops bad stuff and protects me from harm and doesn't let any bad things come, what's gonna happen is when that is the God you thought you knew and when trial and suffering and hardship comes, you're gonna begin to question the God you thought you knew as protector is no longer protecting and you're gonna find yourself in a crisis of faith and you're gonna start to ask the question, was God even there in the first place? I've had countless people, and I've been a pastor now for many years, I've had countless people over the years come to me who have a, a narrow or incomplete view of God, and as a result, they fall away from faith, not because God failed them, but because our understanding of Him did. And for some of us here today, I want to I want to encourage us to get a bigger picture of who God is. Yes, He is our protector. You might, I've heard people say things like this, like, man, I tried God, but the God I thought I knew failed me. My question is, which God did you know? Like, which one did you know? Did you know just the God who's your protector? Because there's a whole other side. And this is what I say. Yes, God is our protector, but He is also, number two, write this down, God is also our prover. He's also our prover. I love watching um, TV shows where people go and find like antique stuff or old stuff. Like I love shows like American Pickers. I know Pastor Luke's with me on that one. I love American Pickers. I love, I love uh, like Storage Wars where they go and find storage units and find stuff in the storage units. And I love uh, shows where they, they go in into like old buildings and they find different things. And, or people like go to like um, shops where you try and sell stuff to the shop for, for money or whatever. And um, often what happens is people come, they find an article or they find an item and they take it to an expert 
because they want to get it valued or they want to find out what they have or they take it to, to sell and the person's like, look, we need to get this tested to see what we're dealing with here. We want to know if this is the genuine article or whether this is a forgery or a fake or whether this is cheap or whether this is going to break in two seconds. And I remember I was watching the other day and this lady had this like 400-year-old Japanese sword. It was the, the craziest thing. And she took it into the shop and he's like, I've got to get my expert to take a look at this. And so they, they test it to prove whether it is a genuine article. And to test it, the item has to go through a number of different tests. For the sword, they literally broke the sword apart. Like they took all the, the pieces off, the handle off, they took secret compartments, or, or just to try and go, is this the real deal or is this something else? There's often tests they do, they, they, they either expose them to dark or they expose them to light or they put them through a, a test with a drill or, or with some kind of substance to say, listen, we need, to, we need to prove this thing. We need to prove whether this is genuine, whether this is the real deal or whether it's not. Another aspect of proving uh, relates to a maturing, a purifying, or a solidifying of an object or product. And friends, much in the same way, this passage and many other passages of the Scripture tell us that, that we, we experience grief and we experience suffering and we experience trials of all kinds. Jesus even said, in this life, you're going to have trouble. But take heart because I've overcome the world. We're going to experience all these things. And when we experience trial and we experience suffering and we experience hardship, it's not God's judgment or God's abandonment. It's simply the place of proving. And it's in that place of testing, it's in that place of proving that what comes out of that place is a faith that is far more precious than gold. Like what you experience on the other side of proving in your faith is it has far more value than anything material, anything this world could offer you, anything that is on offer to you, any, any riches or wealth or fame. It, what comes out of this place is of far greater value than anything this world would have to offer you. What comes out is the proven genuineness of your faith. The end result, it's the real deal. It is proven. It is genuine. It's a faith that has real substance, that has real foundation. Romans chapter five, verse three to four says this. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. There is a proving of our faith through the process of trials and suffering. And here's what I've learned, church, and I want you to grab a hold of this. I've learned that trial and suffering will move your faith from knowledge to conviction. When you go through difficulty, like when you go through suffering and grief and trial, what happens in that process is your faith is no longer just intellectual. It's no longer just historical. It's no longer just inherited from family or cultural. It actually becomes a conviction that you have and it's real and it's genuine and it's proven and it's yours. And friends, the God you thought you knew is your protector. He's also your prover. Yes, he's your protector. Yes, he will protect you, but he also wants you to grow and he wants to form you and he wants to get that faith deep inside you. He wants to get a faith in you that is 
unshakable, a faith in you that is grounded so strongly in him, a faith that nothing in this world could take away, a faith that you value beyond anything else that this world has to offer. You know, um, I've shared a bit of my journey and my story that uh, for the last two years of my life, I've had some pretty significant and serious physical challenges uh, over the last two years. And many of you who've been in church for a little while would have heard some of my story and what's been going on. For for those who are new or you've recently joined in on us, uh, I've had issues with balance uh, after contracting a virus that damaged my balance center in my ear. And uh, it's been a real like challenge, man, just preaching and doing um, just everyday things. And praise God, I'm getting better and better every day. Just amazing. I'm just absolutely loving it. But what, and I've shared, you know, just the, the, the story of what that took, that toll that took on me physically. But I've alluded to it, but I haven't really shared openly and broadly uh, the toll that that took on me mentally, the, how that really affected my, my mental health. And last week was Mental Health Awareness Week. And uh, I want to share just a little bit of the story, a little bit of that journey, uh, because almost at this exact point, like this exact point, one year ago was the lowest, toughest, most difficult moment of my life. It, almost exactly 12 months ago to the day, um, I was in a place mentally that I never anticipated being. I'd never even conceived that I might experience what I went through. Um, as a result of this physical ailment, it just mentally, it just affected me so dramatically. Um, and I was deeply depressed, like I had depression, like you wouldn't believe. Um, I was suffering from severe panic attacks and anxiety attacks. Uh, in fact, I, I, had, I, had many, I, I had many anxiety attacks while preaching, like while sitting right here on this stool, at this platform, uh, both in church and last year when we were recording online, I, I was having panic attacks mid-preach, where just the anxiety just went through the roof. And it was, it was scary. It was crazy. Um, th- there were days where I literally couldn't leave the house. I was so anxious and so depressed. And uh, there were Sundays, some Sundays, where the thought of even going to church on a Sunday was like saying, Steve, go right now and go climb Mount Everest. It was like, dude, this is impossible. Like trying to do that is impossible. And bear in mind, I'm, I'm supposed to be a senior pastor of a church and lead and preach and all that kind of stuff. And I can barely move. I can barely get out of bed. And, and there were times and days where I just wouldn't sleep for, for days on end, like two or three days where I'd get maybe an hour or two sleep a night. My, my resting heart rate had gone up. I was sitting around 100 to 120 beats a minute, just resting, like lying in bed. And my heart is just going crazy. There was all manner of stress and anxiety and, and, and all that goes along with that. And I got to this point and, it, and, it's, and it's a year to the day. I'm telling you, it's a year to the day that uh, I was... I'd lost my vision, I'd lost my joy, I, I had really lost hope, and the, the thought of going on in this state was just so overwhelmingly uh, just, just horrible in my mind, and it was a, a very, very bad, very, very dark place, and so if you've been to that place, or you're in that place, you know what I'm talking about, uh, I, I empathize and sympathize, and, and, and we are here for you as a church, and I know the journey, I know the struggle, um, and, but I remember this one one evening, and like I said, year to the day, I remember lying in bed and I was in the, the worst place. I was in the darkest place. It was probably three in the morning. I couldn't sleep. I'd been awake for a, probably a day and a half, two days. And I remember lying there and I was, and I, and I, and I was praying and I was trying to pray. 
but it was really hard. And, and I remember lying there thinking, man, I'm alone here. I'm alone in the dark. Like, God, I don't even know. I don't even know where you are. Like, I don't even know if you're here anymore. Like, I just feel like you left me and I'm here and I'm alone and I'm in the dark. And it was such a lonely and confronting and, and distressing sort of moment. And I felt like God had left the building and I wasn't sure how I was gonna come through this. But I remember in that moment, in that really dark place, I remember praying and it wasn't even like a real heart prayer. It was just, it was, it was really just a prayer from, from my mind. It was like, there was a part of me that still knew what to do. And so I just prayed and I prayed this prayer. I said, God, how do, I'm, I feel like I'm alone in the dark, but I've trusted you this far. So I'm gonna keep trusting you. Even though I don't know where you are, even though I think, I feel like I'm totally alone and I don't know the way out and I don't know what tomorrow looks like and I don't know even how to move, I'm gonna keep trusting you because I've trusted you this far, so I'm gonna keep trusting. And, and, I, and I said, God, I believe, I've believed you for, for many years of my life now, nearly 20 years of my life, I've believed you. And so I'm gonna keep believing in you. I'm gonna keep believing that you are who you say you are and that you are with me. And I've walked with you this far and so I'm gonna keep walking. And even though I didn't even know what's in front of me, I'm just gonna keep walking the way that you've called me to walk. I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on, but I've, I'm making a decision now to keep walking, keep believing, to keep trusting. And without a doubt in my mind, listen to me, without a doubt in my mind, would I ever wanna go back to that place? And praise God, I'm on the other end of that journey now and come through that. And God's just been so gracious and so good. But that moment, that time, without a shadow of a doubt, has been the greatest proving ground for my faith that I've ever experienced, ever experienced. Would I ever wanna go back there? No, but I'm so thankful for the moments because it has proven my faith. It's given me something far more precious than anything this world would offer. I walk stronger now. I walk more confident now. I walk with greater clarity, with greater vision, with greater purpose, with greater conviction now, with greater rest, with greater trust, with greater belief than ever before. Like if you took the last, say 15, 16, 17, 18 years of me walking with Jesus and the last 12 months, the last 12 months in my faith journey has trumped all of that in terms of the conviction and the depth. It's like, I know, man, I know. Listen, God is my protector, but He's also my prover. He is my shield and my sharpener. He is my defender and my developer. He is my fortress and my furnace. And the result, friends, the result of it all is a faith proven worth more, far more precious than anything this world would offer you that you come out the other side of it and go, wow, there is a depth and richness and beauty and conviction to my faith that I never, never experienced before. But it's because God is not just my protector, He's also my prover. And He wants to bring out in us something far greater than this world would offer. Here's a question, I want you to answer this question. I want you to ask it of yourself and maybe even pray it. Here's the question, when I look in on my life, where do I see the prover at work? When you look in on your life right now, where do you see the prover at work? Because he's proving you, he's growing you, he's refining, he's your shield and your sharpener, he's making you sharper. He's your fortress and your furnace, he's getting rid of the impurities, he's burning away the old stuff. 
He is your defender and your developer. He's wanting to grow you, not just protect you from harm, but grow you in faith and in character and in knowledge and in wisdom and integrity. He's wanting to grow you in anointing, grow you in your capacity to love people and serve this world. My friend, I pray, this is my prayer for us as a church as we continue to go on the journey of this series is that you would know God as protector and prover. And may that knowledge strengthen you in the days to come. And in the season we're in, and I don't know what you're going through right now, church, but in the season and the time that we're in, I pray you know God, not just as protector. Yes, He is your protector, and you're gonna see the protective, powerful hand of God at work in your life. You're also gonna see God as your prover who is refining and shaping you to bring about a genuineness of faith that is far more precious than gold. Guess what it results in? Honor, praise, and glory to God. Not to us, but to God. I'd love to pray for you, church. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this amazing church. We thank you for your word and we thank you for who you are, that you are our strong tower, our defender, our protector. Lord, that your protection is both temporal and eternal, that you hold us and protect us and keep us here and now and in eternity. And I pray that we would know you as our defender, our shield, our strong tower. But God, I pray that we'd also not have a narrow understanding and view of you that all you are is our protector because you're not just our protector, you're also our prover. You're the one who is refining and sharpening and developing and growing us. And God, I know that we will go through trials. The Bible's clear, Lord. Your word says that we are gonna experience trial and suffering and we're not immune from it. And Lord, you allow it in our lives to be part of the proving process. So Lord, I pray in the midst of it all, may we know the protector and the prover, that your presence, Lord, whether you are operating as protector or prover, changes nothing about your proximity to us, that you are still near, you are still close, that you have not left the building, but you are present with us right here, right now. And I pray, have your way. May this word give us faith. May it ground us and bring a firmness and solidity to our faith like never before. Friends, I wanna pray one more prayer today. If you're here with us and you're joining online and um, maybe you don't know Jesus, maybe you've never made a decision to follow Him or maybe the honest truth is today, you say, Steve, my life is just not right with God. I've been doing my own thing, living my own way, but you need to get right with God today. The truth is, friends, God loves you, God made you. God's got a great plan for your life. We all mess up. We all fall short of His standard. The Bible calls that sin. And our sin, it separates us from God. God in His grace, He sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. When He died on that cross, He took upon Himself everything you and I would do for our sin. He paid the debt and He extends to you today His free gift of grace. You can turn from your old life, repent from it, turn away from it, receive His grace and begin a brand new journey with Him. You get to be made right with God, put in right standing with Him. Have your debt of sin forgiven or your guilt, your shame forgiven. You can walk into the plans of God for your life. And then friends, is the great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. If you're here today and you're watching and you're not right with God, I wanna invite you to pray a very simple prayer with me. This is not my prayer, this is your prayer. I'm just gonna lead you in it. So wherever you are in your home, in your car, in your bedroom, uh, pray this with me right now. If you're not right with God, today is your day. This is your moment. Let's pray this together. Say these words, say, God, today I surrender my life to You. I know I've sinned, I know I've messed up, 
but I believe Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old life and I turn to you. I ask you to come in and be the Lord of my life. Take control. I choose from this day to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friend, if you pray that prayer, either for the very first time or you're getting right with God, I am so proud of you. Uh, This is honestly the most wonderful, amazing decision you could make. It's the beginning of a brand new journey and a brand new story. And right now coming up in the chat, a couple of things are either going to come up. One, it's going to say, I raise my hand. If you said yes to Jesus and the button says, I raise my hand, push that button and raise your hand. If you're in Facebook, it'll say, count me in, click that link and follow that. Uh, We just want to help you on your journey. Let us know if you made that decision. Take a step of faith and, and follow through on that. Push that button. Fill in a connect card. We would love to do all we can do to help you on your journey. Well, church, we cannot wait to see you next week. We're gonna have part two in this series. It's gonna be absolutely phenomenal. Otherwise, church, be blessed. Have an amazing rest of your week. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz